0: you like the intimacy of our conversations, if you're inspired by it, if you're learning how to speak sex with us, please consider supporting our podcast. It's uh, free content on every streaming app and it's also free of ads. We do not want our conversation to be affected or corrupted by the outside influence of advertisers we want to keep it intimate and real and for that we need your help if you go to speaksexpodcast.com or if you look at the bottom of the profile page on your streaming app or if you go on the speaksexpodcast instagram and hit the link tree. The support button will pop up right away. Consider making a monthly donation of like $1, $3, $5 a month. Just put it on your credit card the way that you might give money to your political candidate. It's the same concept. And that would keep us going much longer. It will keep us growing, buying equipment, building a team. And if you do not want to commit to supporting us with a minimum amount every month, please consider donating at the same places. There is the donate button. And then you can make a one-time contribution through PayPal toward our growth and our survival and our becoming a movement and our joint liberation. So support us so we can help set you free. And thank you. Love you. We will love you just as much whether or not you help us and speak sex. Welcome to Speak Sex. I'm your host, Steve Eurydice. Um, today's episode is going to be about uh, velvet lips <laughs> and truth in sexuality, in women's sexuality, and finding our truth in our bodies right, rather than in our monkey minds. That's how I see my guests f- for today. Um, Speak Sex is committed to helping everyone find the words a language a new language uh, since we haven't been taught an actual language for when we're being sexual uh, so there's like plenty of room for it so finding a language and a comfort level where we can express ourselves um, honestly uh, calmly <laughs> and without fear of being judged or of hurting our partner's feelings, and and in that way, or you know, overcome the possibilities of all the endless misunderstandings and the guesswork, which leads uh, to anything from like breakups, quick breakups, cancel culture, and even date rape, assault. You know, someone who thinks yes should be made into. No should be made into yes, and yes means something else, whatever, all of that. Um, I think it's especially important for women because we haven't had a voice in sexuality for so long and we finally gained the right to verbally consent to basically like every sexual art. hallelujah <laughs> <laughs> um but also to men who as a result of this feel confused and lost in in this you know culture uh sometimes feel defensive some find sometimes feel on the spot um and are still stuck in the outdated like, I don't know, 19th century, 18th century, and even 20th century modes of masculinity, including what we've come to call toxic masculinity. So um, I am a sex writer. I have had a sex column in magazines for many years, sex advice as well as sexology, which is basically the study of the language of sex um, as well as its expression. Um, So... We're going to have fun, we're going to get truthful and real, and most of all, we hope to um, enlighten you a little bit, so welcome. Uh, Today's guests are um, Susanna Potter and um, Marla Stewart. Susanna Potter is a psychotherapist, a sexual diversity advocate, hey, <laughs> that's what we're all about, as well as a yogi, reiki practitioner, and spiritual facilitator, um, and I think you both are similarly kind of yogis and reiki practitioners, right, and body-centered psychotherapists. Um, so, Susie Potter is the founder of Body Wise Psychotherapy. She's located in Lauder Hill, Florida, and she is passionate about multicultural competence, understanding sexual diversity from the body. Um, her mission in her work and life is to expand to her highest potential so she can help others find that same opening power. And... Uh, you know, find the inner wounded healer, right? Um, Find the wound, heal the wound, and then become the healer of others' wounds. So fascinated with embodiment in psychology, she became a licensed psychotherapist and founded the Holistic Practice Body Wise um, because she wants to you know, spread healing that comes from the body rather than the mind. My understanding of that, and I'm speaking for her yeah. <laughs> right now, but she'll speak for herself uh, soon enough. My understanding of that is that in patriarchy, I'm trying to simplify my view of it. In patriarchy, a lot of what we know with our mind is male-dominated, and again, by male, I'm not saying you know, every single guy out there came up with it, But the system itself, the language we use, even this second, comes from patriarchy. And patriarchy's job for the past, I don't know, 4,000 years has been to control women, especially women's sexuality and women's power to give birth, which gives women an extraordinary power that men don't have. And that way, kind of an upper hand <laughs> in the survival of the species. So patriarchy's job was basically to control that, regulate it, you know, house it, <laughs> um, imprison it, uh, regulate it, and um, in a way protect men from women. Mm. So we've come a long way from it, thanks to wave after wave after wave of feminism, <laughs> And here we are today, and that you know that structure is crumbling for sure. We are all in aware of that. We're all in agreement, at least in the West. At least in the West where we live. Uh, sadly, the rest of the world has a ways to go. Um, but this, the patriarchy still controls our mind because that's everything we know. So our morality, our lo- laws, our aesthetics. <laughs> Um, you know, our judgments of each other come from all of that. That's what in yoga we call the monkey mind, mm-hmm. right? And um, when when you, someone works from body for the body with dance with movement with touch to heal from the place of the body rather than the mind, that's more woman-centered. That's where we're trying to find balance, you know, reclaim some sort of balance. And you cannot do that, um, find that balance, by using the tools of patriarchy. So. I mean, that that's also the philosophy of this, the, the reason, the, the existence, you know, the reason for this podcast and, and the work of many of my guests. So I'm sure you'll tell us more about it. Welcome to Speak Sex, Susanna. And so Marla Stewart, um, she is also, um, she does, a, she, she runs her sexuality education company, which is known Velvet Lips. That's where I First found you. Um, and I was very interested in it. And she's the co-founder of the Sex Down South Conference and the Sexual Liberation Collective. She has studied human sexuality for over 18 years and is, has spoken to many audiences around the world on these topics. Uh, she's a lecturer at Clayton State University. And uh, she is the co-founder of the Sexual Liberation Collective. As I said, that like we'll find more about that and sex down. Uh, she's a sexologist and a professional sex and relationship coach and educator. Okay. Would you like to go first, oh, Marla? Oh, yeah.
1: Well, oh. Uh, I mean, yeah. that's fine. I'll go first. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so my company is Velvet Lips. It is a sexuality uh-huh. education company. Um, I help people build up their sexual confidence uh, by helping them with their communication skills, seduction techniques, um, as well as their sex skills. So I help you know individuals. I help couples. And I often uh, go to conferences and uh, do workshops at events and, and things. So that's uh, my company, sort of separate from Sex Down South, which is a yearly conference uh, that happens in Atlanta each year. It's a three-day conference, and it is an educational conference. So it's three days, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, all day of sex and sexuality workshops. And then... Um, at night, we you know have fun and, and party at night. I forgot to say uh, the Sex Down South conference. Um, even though it's a big sex conference, it's very diverse, and so we really focus on marginalized communities, um, which include folks of color, um, disabled folks, queer, trans folks. Um, uh, you know anybody? You know in alternative relationships such as non-monogamy, non-monogamous, you know swingers, polyamorous, kinksters. So we just try to make sure that people are uh, feeling safe and are ready to learn. So that what one of and what the do most you th- and what do you teach? Um, I've taught at like you mean at the at university? The oh, at the conference? Yeah. There's very there's, so there's everything people so there's, there's about we usually have about 70 presenters and so they teach whatever you're good at. So we have had podcasters last year. We had people who taught um, how to take really naked, like really great naked selfies. Um, We've had, you know, blowjob workshops. We've had um, how to communicate with your partner workshops. We've had a lactation inducing workshop. We've had, um, you know, how to tie up people in workshops. So, I mean, it's, you know, it's about 40 or 50 workshops. So there's a lot of workshops. And we usually try to get presenters from all over the world. Um, to, to come and present. So it's pretty... And that's the one in Atlanta, right? Yes. What time mm-hmm. of year is that? It's in September. September mm-hmm. 10th through the 12th, 2020. So mm-hmm. next year. Sweet. Yeah. Good. Um, okay. So yeah, I'm really excited about that. So that's, yeah, Sex Down South. Yeah. Um, and of course
0: I also... Which is where the sex is best. Yeah. Sex Down South. <laughs>
1: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, I'm hoping, I, I'm really, I'm going to put this in the air. I want to do something um, here in Miami. I was just going to say, like, mm. why don't we have another sex on one the like beach. it? We're going to do sex Ooh, on the yeah. beach. So I'm trying to make that happen for 2020. Yeah. Um, it'll be a day-long conference instead of like a three-day-long conference. But um, that is definitely in the works. Absolutely. So i um, trying to build up some coalitions with people yeah. Yeah. Um, and organizations yeah. Yeah. right now. I'd love to take
0: part in that. That sounds great. Yeah. you know the thing is that you know Miami is like a kind of like if you rap in in a sense you know the the reputation is that it's a play town but I feel like it's you know it is a sexy town for sure because it's tropics we're naked half naked like all (laughs) year long you know so like the body is there in your face it's not hidden and it's not you know curated and edited as it is in most of the world right mm-hmm. so what we have on it you know to kind of like advertise it is minimal and you get the real deal <laughs> <laughs> yeah you know, and people are comfortable physically much more I, f- I feel because of that that's one of the reasons uh, but you know even though it is like a party town and a free town and we have a lot of transient you know communities coming and going and a lot of people come for sex or sex tourism, you know, or swapping or whatever, right, you right, know, right. a weekend of adventure. Um, the locals who live here are, are, you know, kind of conservative communities, you know. Yes. And people of color in particular, except yes. for the youth, are like really conservative. You know, the Haitian community, the Jamaican community, the Cuban community, mm-hmm. um, you know, which are very strong, you know, the Russian community. Even again, there are exceptions in the younger generation but always in the younger generation people you know rebel, rebel. <laughs> yeah <laughs> always yeah the hormones take over and you're like so woke you know and then like 20 years down the line you're telling your kids like you know you can't leave the house i'm gonna give you a virginity test what was the guy that, <laughs> oh yeah ti yeah, yeah i mean the virginity
1: the test fuck. yeah taking a doctor to make sure her hymen was I still know. in place oh, i mean like daughter yeah you're
0: a white evangelical pastor maybe but like that, what right so that's exactly like what you know there is that very like mm, mm, I'm gonna say like it's a, it's a machismo that expresses itself in you know sexual conservativism so yeah there is a lot of place for Miami to like learn and embrace and and, and grow sexually so like we can all catch up to like the beach what happens yeah. <laughs> like, what happens here on the beach right right, <laughs> right? exactly it's like yeah. behind
1: closed doors i think that's a really interesting thing especially i think with the south in general is just there's so i was telling people you know i'm originally from california the west coast and so it's just like you know it's more liberal there and um here in the south there are so many more Swingers, so many more uh like groups of alternative relationships of of all the things oh, yeah, um, that you sure. wouldn't necessarily yeah. find in California. And I'm just like, wow. And everything is sort of behind closed doors. So you have to know someone to know someone yeah, to get yeah, into yeah. this place, to yeah. get into that party. Yeah. yeah. So it's it's uh, you know, you gotta yeah.
0: you know, I'm trying to work my way in yeah. somehow. You, in <laughs> California it's very open. Well like at least in San Francisco, you know, it's yeah. very open. Like you can find right you can find it all pretty easily and like more or less public. But yeah, here it's the opposite. It's like private word Mm -hmm. of mouth. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 But it's happening. A lot is happening.
1: (laughs) Yeah. 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 I I heard Miami beach is the, the hot spot for, for all the the most sexiest things in South Florida. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Good. So Susie, tell us about your uh, work and mission.
2: Sure. Um, so I'm newly into private practice mm-hmm. and I'm really excited. Um, but, uh, uh, my work is about being in the body. And like you said, just advocating for that because I think, you know, I myself, I'm a dance therapist and I myself still struggle to keep the reins on the monkey mind or to pacify the monkey mind, however you want to say it um, and be in my body. But so um, like I, like you read in my bio bio, it's like I, I learned from my own experience. I'm my own lab rat and I continue to deepen my relationship with myself, my body, my mind and how that all comes together and spirit. And I, advocate for others to do the same. So, you know, that's a very particular niche, you know, people who come to me, they come to me um with that knowing that ahead of time, right? Knowing that I am a body-centered psychotherapist. And it also looks different from client to client. There's no one way that it looks, and I think that's what's so beautiful about it, just like dance. You know, I used to dance back in the day and um no matter how many times you rehearse it every single time it's a unique experience right that you're just in the flow so that's what I love about it um about this work um what kind of uh dancer were you um I used to do modern dance contemporary I did some ballet I did some Afro-Brazilian um yeah a little bit of everything hip-hop jazz jazz the traditional stuff. Um, and then I kind of broke away from that and found that there's a deeper relationship to movement. And that's what led me down the path. You know, I couldn't decide. I, I got a bachelor's in dance as well as a bachelor's in psychology. And then I was like, I, so we need to put these together somehow. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) And then there's a thing called dance movement therapy, you know, I discovered and I went for it. Um, and it was an amazing experience. Full circle, speaking of sexuality, um, I d- we didn't have a sexuality class in our grad school program. Mm-hmm. And so I had to, you know, go outside of that and take workshops with um, Melissa Walker, which is one of my um, mentors at the time, who focused on using dance therapy um, to address sexuality. And so, you know now this year i just did a presentation at the american dance therapy Association annual conference which was in miami this year and it was about sexual um diversity competence and it's it's just really weird and ironic that there, you know the whole field is about being embodied but yet the bod- the sexuality is still compartmentalized mm-hmm. taboo yeah yeah you know yeah. left left aside as last mm-hmm.
0: you know so yeah it's pretty shocking yeah. you know that like it starts from day one basically mm-hmm. <laughs> the lack of, se- of sexual education mm-hmm. and it never ends like even you know like there are gender studies but they don't focus on how to have sex no Mm-hmm. in in college you know there is something called sexology which is you know i guess you study lacan or you study foucault and again it's the theory of sexuality mm-hmm. you know freud whatever but but the point is it's all based on mental mm-hmm. thinking about it how to think about it you know uh, in psychology you know is there such a thing as sex addiction Stuff like that. Mm-hmm. You know, these are the questions. And they're all questions that are mental and we can write essays on them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, lots of them. Right. <laughs> lots of, yeah. Right. But again, when it comes to like the, what matters to people most, there is no official, you know, like study where you can, where you can go and get a degree like, from Harvard, <laughs> mm-hmm. and be an expert, you know, it's back, it's, like, the same thing, it's, like, back to, like, psychology, or psychotherapy, or mm-hmm. blah, 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 which is this, you know, fine, mm-hmm. but it's, like, um, the psyche uh, involves more, kind of, like, a, a path, you know, going down to your past, and going, you know, down mm-hmm. to, like, your own trigger moments and hopefully, at best, like, you know, retraining your neural pathways, and and all of that, but how to actually be in your relationships? How to be with your sexual partner? How to find what you like sexually? How to make your life happier sexually? Which is like what we're talking about. Which is what people want to do. You know, mm-hmm. of like you said, people of all walks of life, um, they just don't have a, a source, a a, yeah, a widespread readily accessible, you know, source where they can go to, oh, and, 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 totally respectable source. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. right. I, should ask. <laughs> I forgot to have I a mean, right. Yes, Right. right. Yeah. Because
1: <laughs> everybody thinks they're, they're right. a expert, or everybody thinks they know everything right. or, you know, they're like, I've had so many sexual experiences and so now I know everything there is to know about sex. Right. And it's like, right. no, there's always something to learn. There's always something new, different. Right. Um, right. There's no, no one yeah. is a
0: expert. Right. Right. But, But the point is, if there had been a a place for it, you know, that had been around for like centuries, the same way, like the classics, right? Mm -hmm. We have the classics, where sexuality should be part of the classics, you know. The patriarchy didn't want that, but, you know, in, in, in practice, that's what it should have been. And then it would be easy and simple for people to like... Look shit up or, you know, right. Studied in school if they felt interest instead of like, you know, giving up on, on Western education and going to like places far away to study Tantra or, you know, study like what, whatever they could, um, they were called to, which however doesn't have the same type of like respect in our Western society. Right. So that's, and I think it's part of that whole system that I started, you know, talking about in the beginning. We educate our our kids, our young, about sex by saying no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like, don't be naked, don't touch them. yourself, yeah. right. Mm-hmm. Don't look that way, don't say those words, but don't, no, no, no. So, and we kind of continue with that. So even all the way, like, you know, all, of, all through elementary school, it's no. Middle school, no. Then you start with sex ed, which is like these m- movies of, I don't know, chemistry, like sperm, swimming, that are so boring, the kids are like sleeping through them. <laughs> <laughs> right. Which is basically, again, no, because they don't, and, you know, no one is telling them anything mm-hmm. except warning them away from sex. It's all about protection. Right. It, it, it's all about not, right. <laughs> not having sex. And then in college, there's really nothing except the theory of it, like how you can talk about it. Right. So, and, you know, I felt very lucky that I went to college in San
1: Francisco. So true, I had a true, variations yeah, yeah. in human sexuality class. I mm-hmm. had, you know, I had a, a very wide variety of of... of sources, you know, mm. and that I feel very lucky in the sense because not a lot of people have had that. Not, no, it's you not know? available. And then you think about college, like the hormones are through the roof and all you've learned yeah. is no, 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 right? Right, and right? All your body is doing is saying yes, yes, yes to like everything, <laughs> right, right? right? So right. Um, I think it would be advantageous for people to take sexuality courses, not only in college, but, you know, in high school, middle school, you right, know, just right, to... Right you know, no more.
0: Yeah. And legitimize yeah. it all. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And not be scared of it, not be shameful about it. Right. You know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. That's, that's what I feel, you know, I mean, that's my, my go- goal here, my mission here, but I also feel like it would be a revolution in, in our world, in our culture. I mean, it's something that I can't even imagine, you know, to be able to have like, you know, conversations about sex with your kids would neither, feel weird or uncomfortable or awkward at all, you know, to talk to, ev- you know, to. To be able to, like, speak it without implying that you're having it. You know what I mean? (laughs) (laughs) Like, I don't know why the two are connected like that. Yeah. But they seem to be.
1: I think, well, and things just have to be age appropriate, right? Like, making sure, like, whatever content that you're speaking about is age appropriate. So, if, you know, a five-year-old says, you know, where do babies come from? right you you need to be able to answer them without saying the birds and the bees get together or some other you know whimsical nonsensical thing yeah Yeah. Yeah. um so but but in the context of you know when a sperm meets egg this is where sperm are located these are where eggs are located sometimes they're in people sometimes they're in a lab right like so there's you know there's multiple ways to make a baby you know instead right. of just but, uh, yeah. being in the, the patriarchal sense of this right. is the yeah. only way when yeah. a man and a woman get together this is how yeah. you know a baby is made Yeah. and the sperm are racing to the finish to this egg when actuality the egg actually chooses a sperm right. so you know yeah. there's like a whole other you know all the things that right, come exactly. into play when it yeah. comes to yeah. educating yeah. youngsters. Yeah.
0: As a, as a queer, as a practicing queer, I think that, you know, it's, it's especially important to to help people find an alternative vocabulary, right? And and find a place in this heterodominant culture where they can be truthful and be themselves and also open up space. Um, I, I, I feel... That It is the King community and the queer community um, that has taught us so much about coming up with new words mm-hmm. and 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 coming up with agency and respecting agency um, yes. and and ironically, you know for those who don 't know and haven 't tried it out right it 's exactly those communities and those parties and you know even the dungeons, <laughs> right, mm-hmm. as, as kind of like, you know, dark and scary as the word makes them sound, um, where respect is, is most applied. Um, because, you know, because in, in, in communities that have been in the fringe, um, it has been very important to understand each other and they have sexual preferences that are outside the norm, so they can't take it for granted, as heterodominant people do, that like the guy when the lights go out will know what to do to the woman because he has a dick, right? And he's hard, so he'll know what to do. And basically, all he knows is that he wants to, you know, orgasm. <laughs> but even the ones who are, you know, really well-meaning don't know each individual woman's body, because we're all different, completely different. So, like, every every vagina is different, you know, and it responds differently. Like, it's like our fingerprints, you know, we all have a very different, you know, sexual... Uh, identity but but that the acknowledgement of that at least for me uh, you know came in the 60s really in america at least uh, and in europe and it came from the king communities Mm -hmm. all the different because they had that need very urgently right they needed to be able to say this is how I like to express myself sexually, and it's not at all like missionary. (laughs) (laughs) So like, I got to come up with a name for it, yeah. And the names have changed, you know, and the kings have changed, and they get like more and more specific. But I'd like to hear you speak on that, from you know from that place of inside knowledge <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> so I, I think it's important to know that the kink community came from the queer community right, um, exactly. so mostly yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah so yeah, yeah. thinking about like where the kink community originated is from queer community and I think like you said queer communities have just been marginalized for so long that um, we've had to invent language or use language that applies to us right and so um, I think it's important, like from the from the King community, we've learned a lot of things right around consent, um, around, like you said, just bodies and different responses and and what people like or don't like, negotiating. Um, oh my God,
0: yeah, negotiation
1: yeah. huge. Mm-hmm. yeah. so um, yeah, thinking about the queer community and thinking about the language and everything that um, we've had to use you know over time to make sure that our needs were getting met, making sure that everybody was feeling safe Um, and I think, you know, the queer community is probably... You know, one of the first communities that want that needed to feel safe. You know, besides the black community feeling, you know, wanting to feel and need safe, Um, the queer community is stepping up. I mean, every marginalized community has had those spaces of where they needed and wanted to feel space and and should have been had or should have had the liberty to feel uh, to feel safe. Um, I think that when I. I think of my work, you know being a queer person, and I mostly help um, straight people straight ish i would say people <laughs> and i I have actually a book chapter going to be it 's going to be in a book coming out next year as well um, called uh, called queering um, Queering Straight Black Relationships um, in the South and so it 's very interesting to think about how my lens just alone is helping people who are straight and not familiar with queer communities, but the framework and being able to change their minds on how they communicate, not only with me, but with other people around them and how that has changed sort of their lives in general and how they see themselves and how they authenticate themselves um, in a world where um, geographically you've had to do this or do that or be this person or be that person um, in order to be successful. Um, So I think it's important for um, us to acknowledge what queer communities have done and um, continue to do uh, ha- and our- and young people who continue to constantly shift um, our language and the way we see the world. And we can see that in the media, you know. So not only have um, the queer and kink communities have uh, engaged and has bled out, I guess, into mainstream. Um, but also now we can see it in our media and now we feel safe in our media or feel we're feeling safer in our media because we can see ourselves. Um, you know, we've seen kink shows and we've seen, you know, the Fifty Shades of Grey, I know kind, you know, it wasn't that great, but you know, we see it in the media. Um, you know, we see queer folks in the media and we are seeing how the language is changing and it's different and how to relate to people as people and human beings um instead of as strangers or, or you know or,
0: yeah or the other yeah or the, yeah, or the you other, know, exactly right. yeah that, that or exotify you know the exotified oh, yeah. one you know oh, yeah. which is yeah 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 i feel that that's exactly you know that that confirms that this is actually a revolution i mean it's it's a it's a peaceful revolution (laughs) (laughs) for now. But, you know, for now, I like to think, but, you know, I I feel like we should take it as far as it needs to go, you you know, because the, the patriarchy, if threatened, will get tougher for sure. Um, well, we can see that now through... Right, Trump. Um, <laughs> abortion, yeah, abortion
1: <laughs> rights abortion or reproductive rights. justice. Yep. We see that now, right? Chipping away at you know Roe v. Wade and how we're even seeing our bodies and how our bodies are continuously being... Um, violence, uh, you know, we're continuously facing violence
0: against our bodies um, with these laws, right? So it's, yeah. Yeah, 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 Yeah. all of it, you know, like rape laws have not been updated. I mean, you know, maybe like one state or two states will try to do something. But honestly, you know, it's just, if you look at the entirety of America, it's still, the legal system is still against, you know, most uh, kink, and most sexual expression that's not like within the marriage or mm-hmm. whatever. it's funny uh, when I um, when I teach my
1: students and I tell them that um, one of the laws in Georgia is you cannot um, sodomy is against the law and I'm like sodomy it's still against the law yeah so sodomy is, and I tell you know sodomy is uh, if it's not penis vagina sex then it's sodomy right so it's oral wow. sex anal sex anything that's mm-hmm. not penis vagina sex it is against the law but I mean it's considered what it's called the dead law, but it's like you know, it, it's like it's still in the law books. Yeah, right. They like, have it off it in, the law books,
2: right, right. So yeah. it's still there.
1: Yeah, That's very fascinating. Yeah, yeah. It goes
2: back to that insidious message that you were speaking of. Right, that it's still in the law books, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, I think it it it, it um emphasizes that that hyper vigilance. I feel you know, and you keep I keep hearing the word safety in the conversation, and I feel like. As long as it's in the law books, right there's still that sense of like are we safe? Are we safe to explore to expand to grow to
0: flow mm-hmm. um so right but but it does start like from the individual mm-hmm. so you know and i and And from the individual being interested in in truth, Mm. rather than, like, conquering, or Mm. trophy gathering. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Or other expressions, again, of, like, the masculinity, which can happen for both men and women, you know, uh, where you confuse intimacy with some success, you know, some, like, that gets you the desired result which it's not at all it's like outside that you know I feel that, like, sex is, is closer to nature. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it's something that we find solace in and we enjoy and it, it has nothing to do with, like, that setup. Mm. You know, the hamster wheel, you know. How ma- how much money do you make? You know, how mm-hmm. many uh, boyfriends or girlfriends uh, do you score? How many, blah, 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 the whole thing. You know, counting up and getting the notches. Um, and, and to get out of that uh, mindset... Which can happen also in queer community, I mean queer community yeah. can be you know can have its own prejudices, you know oh, yeah. it can be conservative in, oh, yeah. in their own way, you know like you, there is still a, a, a tendency to copy stereotypes you know um, and not only and not only in sex because like in sex. When you copy the stereotype, it's tongue-in-cheek and it's cathartic. So, like, if you're a bottom or a top in sex or a switch, you know, if you're a daddy or you're a little girl, you're actually relieving, you know, real-life traumas in a cleansing way, mm-hmm. so you can come out of them feeling that you have agency in this. Right. And, you know, in some cases, you get over it. Like, you don't spend your entire life doing this sexual practice alone, right? Right. And you can, like, find yourself interested in other, in other play platforms. Um, but that, which is what happens, like, in the bedroom, um, in, in, is a reenactment So that's not prejudice, but the prejudice exists in like, you know, I'm gay, I'm a gay man, but like I don't want to look queer, you know, Mm -hmm. I don't want to like speak with a lisp, I don't want people Mm -hmm. to do whatever that is, you know, all the cliches. What? Like you can't, I mean, uh, you know, if you, you know, are if in my opinion you know if you find yourself in a place of difference then automatically you're born to be a trailblazer you might as well accept it you know it's not your job to like try and fit in and hide and pass those days thank god are over right mm-hmm. so you know i feel that even like the trans you know the trans uh, people and especially the trans youth you know and like their their movement to change pronouns and add things mm-hmm. to the language it is, it is a trailblazing movement because they're, they're not just going by the existing codes. They're saying, we don't have any. <laughs> yeah, right, right. <laughs> We're not in this Viking vocabulary. And, you know, they're showing us that anything can be, you know, we can, like, change ourselves in a way endlessly until we find our truth and our comfort. Yeah And I
1: think Everybody wants to belong Right Everybody wants to feel Accepted And so What is the way That we can feel Accepted With our language With You know With Whatever social institutions That we're in Um, And I think That is the Important thing That we can be Ourselves And that we can Connect With anybody On this planet On something Mm. And that's The Most important thing Which is love which is hard to do when you feel like someone is totally different from you but I guarantee you there's something that you probably connect on and I think that's the hardest part for people to realize is like hey we all are on this planet we only got this one life we gotta like we gotta get along we gotta do it somehow we gotta make this work how what are the ways that we can do it that feels
0: good to the both of us or all of us and one of the ways that we all connect is sex (laughs) yes right yes it's like everybody needs to eat everybody needs to poop and everybody wants to get laid like these are (laughs) very very basic connections like worldwide I would say so I would say relationships because we have to
1: think about like asexual people too that's what I was going to say yeah (laughs) Yeah, not everybody (laughs) (laughs) because there are people we, we want we want to be connected to someone and so whether that's you know through romance or intimacy or sex mm-hmm. you know um, it, it's it's a way to just establish yeah your connection but um, but yes sex and mm-hmm. even for asexual people sex
0: is important though too yeah That's, like I think if you're with a sexual person you fucking person, masturbate you yeah. better <laughs> masturbate when you're asexual I mean for me asexual is like totally chill is a social you know practice like you know I'm in a stage in my life where I don't have time or you know the emotional strength or whatever it is to dedicate that I would dedicate to like partner up even sexually But that's a different thing being asexual, like with other people and being asexual with yourself. You know, I always say power to you if you're asexual, but please like, you know, masturbate, (laughs) give your body that release, stay healthy. yeah. 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 And one thing has nothing to do with the other. You know, being asexual is like your social. Identity or your social presentation, mm-hmm. uh, in, you know, sexually, mm-hmm. like I'm heterosexual right, or right, right. I'm polyamorous or right. I'm homosexual or I'm whatever, and I'm asexual, fine. But like, you know, you can still love yourself. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. Yeah, hopefully. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. I
2: think that's the beauty of it. It's a, it's a word, and it's but it's labeling an identity, and that identity is unique to each person. So, like. One person's definition of asexuality is this thing, and another person's definition of it is another thing. And so, you know, working with um, that in counseling, it's always staying on your toes and being really open to like, what exactly do you mean? And like, really not being afraid to dive into. That person's definition at that time, because they could always change. Yeah, as that's well. that's
0: important. Yeah, yeah, that's very important that our definitions can change and we should be open to that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that no matter how exciting our definition and you know how much progress we've made, if we stay there for like 20 years, it's gonna get boring. And we may act out if we don't recognize that you know we just have new interests. That's all, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, I, you know, I, in, in separate, in your separate work, in your, in your paths, uh, what do you feel are the most common questions and concerns, you know, from clients and Mm -hmm. friends?
2: (laughs) Well, I work with an array of different people. Um, so they come to me for different reasons. Um, so it really would depend on the client, um, I work with a lot of people of color, a lot of queer people as well. Um, You know, so, but oftentimes that's not the, those are not the topics that are coming up for them. It's part of the picture, the problem, the problem, quote unquote, at hand. Um, But generally I would say that at the heart of it all, it's the relationship with themselves. The relationship between self and self is often what, I end up working with, with clients, just that, that love, that self-love. You spoke about, you know, how difference makes it difficult to love. But I think that, you know, also a part of that is if you feel different, you might not love yourself. You might feel ostracized. Again, is it okay for me to be me? You know, that question is just one that I struggle with, right? Right. And if I
0: was different, would you love me more? <laughs> mm-hmm. Or or can you change so I can love you more? <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> yeah yeah wow yeah 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 or i love you but i would like to change you i'm I'm not gonna quite tell you now (laughs) that's the oh my god yeah 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 Yeah. Yeah. it's interesting you're perfect except for a couple of things that i plan to change in you yeah yeah. (laughs) right (laughs) yeah for for me like the most
1: common um, things that uh, like clients for, come to me for is that they need to spice up their sex life or if they're, you know, if there's, their sex life is, you know, they're just not feeling connected um, or they just um, are dealing with some sexual trauma that they need to get past. Um, a lot of it's around communication um, and yeah, but most of it is like building up their like, sex skills and um and helping them with ideas to implement in their sex lives cuz a lot of times like i said they just kind of do the same thing I'm like you got y'all are doing the same thing over and over again
0: right like yeah so you so know. whether, okay, so, so some of your advice, you know, for seduction and for spicing up. <laughs> um, for seduction,
1: what I, uh, for for seduction and spicing up would be um, to know what your partner's, um, I call them seduction learning style. So, you know, we have our learning styles of vi- visual, um, auditory or tactile, right? So thinking about those three things, which one are you the most, you know, how do you learn Best, right? The way that you usually learn best is a way that you get seduced by. So, if you are a visual person, most likely you are, you know, you want a lot of eye contact, or you want to, you like to dress up, or striptease. <laughs> yes, um, you know, if you're auditory, you like to talk, you like people to give you feedback, um, you, you know, certain music. Right,
0: totally. Yeah, yeah. some people like music. Like, yeah. yeah,
1: And then, like, you know, if you're tactile, you like to touch. I'm see, I'm. T- I'm a very touchy person, so I'm always like, if you're within this range, you will get touched by me. <laughs> so, you know, um people like to like dance. Are you yeah. generally tactile or um, you yeah. know, lap dancing, um, you know, that, those kind of things. Mm. Um so i uh, combine those with the love languages. I'm sure y'all have heard of the love yeah. languages, right? And then no, I'm, go ahead, tell so what love languages. So the love Gary Chapman, um, does a love lang- five love languages, and it is, um, where you, uh, it is how you feel the most loved, right? So we have uh, the words of affirmation, you have acts of service, quality time, physical touch, and receiving gifts. So those are the different kinds of love languages. So, um, say you are a receiving gifts person and I am a quality time person, sometimes I will want to spend quality time with you because it's my love language, but in actuality, I need to be giving you gifts because that's how you perceive love. So, and you might be giving me gifts and I'm just like, oh yeah, great. This is gift. You know, I put it aside, but it doesn't really show me that you want to be with me kind of thing. So understanding who, you know, how, you give and receive love is, is very important. So combining those. Right.
0: And translating. So like not, yeah. a, not assuming that your partner understands love the way you do exactly right yeah. gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. so so do they have like people get a questionnaire and yeah they yeah, yeah. It so out. I have so I have my
1: seduction learning style quiz that anybody can take um, you know if you want to go to my website and take it there is a um, <laughs> there is a uh, the love language quiz I think you can go to, to for the love languages um, and then you know I put those together and I have my erotic activity sheet and basically I say hey you know pick an erotic activity out and then think about your learning style and your love language and create a sex plan you know plant your sex seed create a sex plan and so you know then you move from there and create different ways to explore your sexuality together
0: yeah, that's great. I mean, I think that, you know, in a way, what we need is like practical help. Yeah. We, we, it's at the practical level where right. people don't know how to proceed and don't know how to do it in a safe way. You right. Know? So, um, and again, you know, if it should be taught because if we all had learned these basic things and many, many like them, you know, in like cool school, in early age, mm-hmm. like even in high school. Before we even become sexual, if we you know had access to this information, we wouldn't be feeling like unwell and in yeah. need of like wellness therapy, mm-hmm. which therapy means implies an illness an mm-hmm. ill at ease mm-hmm. a dis ease mm-hmm. you know right a lack of ease and the reason we have that is because we don 't have the um, the the information. And the language, mm-hmm. right? And we also don't have the, the value system that says that that language is legit and safe and normal, normative, mm-hmm. right? So mm-hmm. like normalizing it all is very important, you mm-hmm. know. Um, so you don't have to like, you know, I mean now with the internet, it's easier to kind of find, you know, sources of information, mm-hmm. um, but still a lot of it, I, I've, I think it's like word of mouth. It's right. like trusting the people, you know, to tell right. you know where to go. Right. So it's still very community based. Um, and that tells you that it's not, you know, like a, a, an accepted white, you know, widely accepted familiar thing to do you know it should be as simple as like going to the supermarket it right. really should mm-hmm. it's a very fundamental need um and and you know again like associating uh a happy sex life with uh um i don't know how to put it i don't want to say monogamy but you know with like everlasting uh faith uh, in in being each other's only sexual partner mm-hmm. is is another kind of uh, you know i think false assumption that we're fed early on and we stay with it and a lot of relationships perhaps the vast majority you know of relationships uh fail because of this assumption you know mm-hmm. and because it's uh, and they fail so quickly you know because it, it it you know any sort of like um infidelity, infidelity and, yeah. is seen as a an overall betrayal of everything mm-hmm. right not just a betrayal of like the sexual experience but the betrayal of everything everything that's ever been said everything that's been done together you know the house the family that everything right mm-hmm. so um, and it's rare that people have uh you know the or the openness to 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 go through you know like the crucible of it <laughs> you know and come and come out the other side united mm-hmm. because that's the assumption that's out there in society which again strikes me as a crazy assumption especially for couples that are young um you know to to, to think that the only normal thing is to stay together with each other alone you know for the rest of your life mm-hmm. and in particular now that you know dna allows us to have, like, paternity tests. Mm -hmm. So it's no longer necessary to, like, you know, keep the woman uh, controlled, you know, in the house, under your name, under, you know, under every legal restraint to make Mm -hmm. sure that, like, uh, she only gives birth to your children, right? right? So now that that's uh, all changed, I feel that we can easily, you know, move on, and separate procreation from sex. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, have a different language for sex and a different assumption for sex within a couple. You know, a committed, like, dedicated, loving couple. Mm-hmm. Okay, so what are your opinions on that? <laughs>
2: well, it should be easy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't know about you, you guys, but, I mean, but um just being... A Latina queer woman, cisgendered, that was conditioned, right, to have an everlasting marriage that is <laughs> strictly monogamous in the sense with one person, and that it was, you know, as long as you love each other, you know, it'll last forever. I think that, I mean, I'm still married, it's still going, but it's not as easy as it seems, I guess, to break those condition, that conditioning and to figure out what the hell's going on, right? And figure out how to navigate the actual complexity of um, being free as an individual in a relationship. So yeah, that's my thought on that. It should be easy. <laughs> <laughs> I but mean, yeah, I don't know. Right, like I don't being, know how it being is. Being honest
0: is. without hurting, the, you know, without the, without. It translating as a rejection, which it's not. It shouldn't mm-hmm. be, right? Yeah, and but I think honestly, if anything, is a respect and a, 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 and a trust mm-hmm. rather than a rejection or a denial.
1: Yeah, but I think a lot of people like repress things you know, or suppress yeah. things or suppress feelings. Like I'm just thinking about like I have couples who come to me and they're like, you know, we're we're we're, we're ten years in, and I think I'm polyamorous it's right. not monogamous. What do, you know, now what? I'm like, did you kind of think you were polyamorous before you got into this relationship but you just kind of didn't, you know, just kind of like, oh, well, we're socialized to be this way, so I'm just going to go this way. And I think that's where we go wrong. And I feel like um because i came out you know at 16 i was able to just live my life and be me and you know and growing up in california yeah. and then you know like that's yeah. you know Sexually, that's a thing yeah. Yeah. That's
0: like a different <laughs> and, planet <right. laughs>
1: and so um when I told my mom, um, that I was, I was like, you know, mom, I am, a, I'm non-monogamous. You know, my mom was like, you know, whatever. It's just like another thing right. that you are, you know, <laughs> you just, you, you're so many things, you know, and I'm just like, okay. But, um, and then when I, when I entered into relationships, I had basically, I knew myself, right? So I'd be like, I am a non-monogamous person, you know, so how do you want to do this relationship? Um, because, this is how I am How do you want us to be And so monogamous is not an option Right So we can be monogamish We can mm. be polyamorous <laughs> We can be You know We can be together In what way do you want to be together That is not
0: that Right Right. Everything. I love monogamish Yeah <laughs> Yeah Monogamish <laughs> Yeah <laughs> Okay wait what, What's that Define the Yeah define? I so, love that term So my definition of (laughs) monogamish is
1: where you are together with someone but you have the option to be with other people sort of on your own terms so it's sort of like it's not necessarily an open relationship and my version of monogamish is really like we determine the rules together right and you know if we're going to play we play together right um we're not you know we're not going off
0: separately or dating separately or doing anything like that okay Um, okay so like we have an open marriage but we are doing everything together or at least in each other's presence right right yeah sort of (laughs) yeah (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't say Yeah, so or, Yeah, I wouldn't say Open in marriage <laughs> <Not> <laughs> <But> <laughs> In each other's presence Or in each other's vicinity Or in each other's knowledge Yeah,
1: really just depending On the situation <laughs> But for the most part Yes, in each other's vicinity And things like that But also right. But you get to renegotiate I, Yeah, and, and then yeah. I'm also in the king community too So yeah. When I play, you know, my wife doesn't like to go. You know, she might go in a dungeon, but she most likely not, right? Uh-huh. But, um, but I play with people in the dungeon, so it's like that is part of our, you know, monogamish and part of our. Yeah, you that know, makes that's different. Yeah, yeah, I feel
0: that that monogamish. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> makes total sense because like it stays there, it's down there, it stays there, mm-hmm. and it never leaves. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. So it's kind of like a well, you know, uh, defined. Mm. Exchange, yeah. sexual mm-hmm. exchange, you know. Right. And since there is like an audience, or at least a potential audience, you know, it's clear that like that's where it's at. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's
1: presentation. Yeah. Right. It's a show. Yeah. It's a show. Um, even though it's intimate, right? Right. right. But yeah. It, but it is still uh, it's it's
0: performance. Right. It's it's yeah. It's a it's a communal experience. Mm-hmm. So it's not like the two of you, you know, exchanging like intimacy or exchanging secrets, you know, mm-hmm. in a. In a private space where anything can be said, you know, all that stuff, you know, that that creates like a doubt, maybe in mm-hmm. the partner's, you know, in the, in the partner's heart, you know, like what are they feeling that I have no access to, you know? Right. And I feel, I mean, and the truth is, you know, I I, I just can't stress that enough but I feel that like the truth is that we hardly know ourselves right mm-hmm. and we change all the time right, yes. so we can hardly keep up with ourselves that we already never quite knew right. <laughs> fully mm-hmm. uh, and then the idea that we can like completely know the other based on what they tell us, Mm. it's just nuts. (laughs)
2: You're
0: totally right, yeah. Like, we have to understand that all of this stuff, you know, is conditional. It's super conditional, because, like, we don't even know what we want for real. And there is no way that we can know what is in, in our partners' heart and minds at all times. Even if they tell us everything, you know, it's just too rich, and we don't have the vocabulary to access it. And a lot of the best we can do is to be open enough to feel it, mm-hmm. right? To like be close enough and and in touch enough to kind of like connect at that level, past words, where you know, you know, you're loved, you're present. Right? There is trust or not. Um, instead of, you know, in, instead of like all these like formulaic things that, that we go by, which is, you know, he did this, finished. Or, mm-hmm. you, know, you know, what I mean? Or she did this, mm-hmm. I'm done with her. You know, she found someone else, it's over. Yeah. Whatever, you know, these assumptions were, because we're, we're so, we're so ego driven when it comes to, you know, sexual experience that, um a lot of it comes from a place of like playing defense Mm -hmm. um fear the fear of the unknown fear and and defense you know but ego ego defense like Mm -hmm. you know i'm not gonna be disrespected Mm -hmm. like this Mm -hmm. you know that feeling you know Mm -hmm. that like um you know how dare you or well uh, uh, i mean that's really the basic you know emotion is like rage <laughs> mm. cuz like you feel like you gave yourself and this is what you get you know for your trust right mm. so that quick um rejection that comes from that like you know the quick w- the quick way that we tend tend to like transform love into hate mm. is really not serving us you know cuz and, and 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 i feel like it's false you know um, that love is love no matter what. And even if we temporarily feel it as hate, that's our ego mm. getting in the way. Yeah. Mm. Um, but like our, our higher self knows that love is love no matter what, you know, has happened a couple of times with our genitals. <laughs> <laughs> right. um, you know, which is part of an expression of love but it's so diverse, like, it's, you know, it really can be, like, endless, um, what we can do sexually, you know, or what we can get in the mood or feel, you know, like, spontaneously. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that it's important to to help each other, you know, in relationship, to stay together by bending all of these rules that that we've, Inherited, (laughs) (laughs) Accepting each other. Yeah. Yeah, It's really kind of like, accepting each other the way we we are. are. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I think, you know, I had this couple one time that they were just like, I want him to do this. And she, and you know, and he, he was like, well, I want her to be like this. And I was like, this is not going to (laughs) work. Like, this is not going to work. Y'all don't even accept each other for who you are. What makes you think that you can uh, have a good relationship? You want to change each other. Mm. Like You might as well, you you need to be with someone else, right? (laughs) Right, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Sometimes it's very obvious that you're just kind of like, yeah, yeah, yeah. the difference is too great. Yeah. And, and what we're saying like the translation, like you just do the way you express love and the way they mm-hmm. express love is, is antithetical.
1: Right. You know?
0: So like, it's just very hard to translate this shit on a daily basis, you know? And say, Oh, okay. You know? So that's what we call like, you're not suited or charis- chemistry or whatever mm-hmm. we call it, you know? Mm-hmm. But basically, yeah, that's it. Like we're so unlike Mm -hmm. that it's very hard to constantly empathize and you know stop being yourself momentarily and be your lover or partner and say okay how does she or he and then back and forth and that could be exhausting if you're really different people Mm -hmm. you know yeah Mm
2: -hmm. yeah and that's where acceptance is key and if you choose to be there that's the thing too choice
0: choice yeah yeah oh choice because
2: you can accept the person for who they are. That doesn't mean you have to be with them, right? And so I think that's the other part of it, you know. Right. Yeah. That yeah. Conditioning. Totally. Yeah. yeah. I have to be here, so I have to accept, or can I just change them to be how I want them to be? Since I have to be here, but if you remove that, um, that idea that right. you're stuck, yeah. Yeah. right, and that it's actually a choice, right. I'm choosing to remain here and to right. be with this person. Yeah. And then I think acceptance may come a little easier or um hey, you gotta you gotta see what happens. You gotta see what right. who who emerges yeah. both within you and within that person. Like yeah. you say you're
0: always evolving. Yeah. And so And also, you know, women, I mean, we have been it's in our in, it's in our DNA. To like endure,
2: <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, we've we've been taught mm-hmm. by example, you know, by our ancestors, mm. that like we're gonna be raped, we're gonna be treated like objects, we're gonna mm. be chattel, we're gonna be passed from father to husband, you know, and we just get to take it and survive, you know, and like mm. raise our kids and just live another day, mm. and that's what's deep, deep in that, survival. you know, survival mm-hmm. mode, mm-hmm. yeah, um, and fear of like. If you change your situation, it's going to get worse, you Mm -hmm. know, because like for hundreds or thousands of years, it was, (laughs) Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. right for women. So it's not like you could divorce, you couldn't. It's not like you had another place to go, you didn't. So it's a very new concept. So the fear is ancient, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. and as much as like we understand from what we see around us that we can be. you know we can be free we can divorce we can move on we're not gonna like die necessarily you know we're not gonna be shunned by the community you know excommunicated you know homeless and going hungry that fear is there Mm -hmm. and you know we gotta face it and we gotta overcome it and that's hard you know it's hard so it very often keeps especially women you know with like toxic men who they know um they mm. cannot change, they know they can you know they they can make happy because mm-hmm. that 's who they are, but they don 't move on because they 're afraid yes. you know so um you know again, talking about it you know and, and and helping them kind of like retrain the way they see the world you know and 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 see and 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 kind of and again like like kind of separating it from money and and possessions and stuff, because I feel like a lot of women stay, you -hmm. know, because of, like, they don't want to lose the house, or they don't want to lose, like, Mm -hmm. the salary that he brings in, or, you know, again, like, these monetary, you know, concerns, which, once upon a time, were super real. Mm Right. Because you could not have a bank account, you know, until, like, the middle of last century. (laughs) Right. You could not have a job, unless, like, you were a live-in maid, which was, you know, not free. <laughs> <laughs> right. You know, so, and I think like, that's even truer for people of color, you know, mm. coming from a culture that has known slavery, that fear is even stronger, mm-hmm. you know, that need to just kind of like, um, endure and mm-hmm. survive yeah. this shit, because yes. life is shit, and you know, they're going to get you, so like, Keep your head down and don't want too much, you know. And and, I mean, my culture, my you know, my culture had that very much. The women, Mm because it's you know one of those uh, macho oppressed you know cultures that have been conquered many times Mm -hmm. for uh, hundreds of years, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) So it's always like, don't say the truth, (laughs) you know. Mm -hmm. That was fundamental, you know. It's like. Don't tell anyone what's going on. Mm. Keep your mouth shut and, you know, just survive. Yeah, this mm-hmm. is what you were dealt. You know, this is your fate. You know, you're lucky to have like whatever, the roof and the food and, <laughs> and a man. Mm-hmm. So to get out of that mm-hmm. is really, you know, it's, it's difficult mm-hmm. and it's um, more than difficult. It's kind of like consciousness changing. Yeah. Yes. For me, like I had a a client and
1: so interesting like what you said about like, Even though for centuries and centuries we think, oh, we're gonna lose our house, we're gonna lose this, or we're gonna we can't have access to that. But even now it's so ingrained, like you said, in our DNA. I mean, I had a couple where, you know, it was a black woman and black man, and the black woman was making all the money, supporting him, doing everything, and still feeling insecure and still feeling like she couldn't go anywhere or that she probably couldn't get anybody better or you know all of these things because like oh wait i i have i have a black man he's a good guy he ain't got no job or anything but he's, he's good and he's with me here all the time and and so i need to keep him and so like i don't want to let go and so that is you know it, it's hard for me to see because i'm just like okay well i don't you're you're i don't know how happy you're going to be mm-hmm. you know I, I think you're just being in this cuz you don't want to let go and you want to hold so tight um because you've already had one family fall apart you know like already went through a divorce right so you're just trying to hang on to the next the next best thing
0: um And and, yeah, it's hard. It's hard for you know for feminists to kind of like see that Mm -hmm. and understand it, you know, and and honor it and respect it and Mm -hmm. embrace it. Um, But we kind of have to in (laughs) order to bring everyone in, right? Right? Mm -hmm. And you know, you can't just kind of you know you can't just tell people no, No. you know, like yeah, you cannot regulate that because it's like instinct. It's very. Basic, You know, it's very yeah. basic. It's in the body. Yeah. The body. Your body is literally like, like going into panic mode. Yeah. yeah. It's trauma. Yeah. It's
2: intergenerational trauma. Mm-hmm. And so even if you understand it mentally with the monkey yeah. mind, your body is still reacting and it's still going
0: into it's that terrified. mode. It's mm-hmm. terrified. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's terrified. And I feel, and especially, you know, and again, I think that's truer for women mm-hmm. than men. Um you know the, the fear of like growing up alone mm-hmm. this 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 sense that yeah. women have that you know it, like they're only wanted for the their you know mortal coil as they used to call it <laughs> <laughs> you know for this like object you know the curves mm-hmm. that is the holes <laughs> mm-hmm. so that uh if they you know pass that time where they're desirable and mm-hmm. they are alone like mm-hmm. without a man that they've holding on to, mm. uh they'll they'll always be alone and then that feels like, you know, hell. Mm. I don't know why. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, so again, like being alone, being solitary is another issue, you know, where feel that women because we're very relationship oriented we're givers you know we're the family makers we you know we're and surrounded we survive the longest <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah but like yeah we survive we're, no. but we're also like the touchy ones and the talky yeah. ones and yeah. we express our feelings and we need mm. that validation from each other we're you know i think that we're wiredly wired to create community and family mm. because we give birth, you know. Mm-hmm. Those are the skills we use to raise our babies, right? And so when for, like, decades, you use those skills a lot with your children, you know, with, like, the hugging and the talking and the exchange, and you know? So suddenly, you know, being alone where your kids move out and have their own families and have their jobs and you're on your own and you don't have, like, a partner feels like punishment you know it feels uh you know like something is missing and women will make huge compromises mm. to avoid being there mm-hmm. and that compromise is not really being happy you know not you know it starts from basic shit like faking your orgasm mm. which i mean it's still so common and like We, Mm -hmm. you know, would think like, that's insane. (laughs) (laughs) Like, what the fuck? (laughs) But, but, you know, it's part of that. It's like faking your desire, Mm -hmm. you know, acting like you really like the guy just because you uh, want other things. mm -hmm. So, like... Doing the entire sex as if you might as well be a sex worker in that sense, because mm-hmm. you're not there with it, mm-hmm. because you want the other stuff that goes with the relationship. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So and all of that, a you sacrifice. know, we yeah, and we do not like. I feel like you yeah, know we do not condemn it. We we support it, and we we're just talking about it, and mm-hmm. we're naming it, you know. And I and we're and I'm hoping that we're moving, uh, you know, forward in a way that we can all find safety with each other and, you know, find safety in, you know, speaking our truth, recognizing our truth, and and in respecting ourselves enough, right, Mm -hmm. to be happy with ourselves. Because if you find how to be happy with yourself, both sexually, like masturbating Mm -hmm. or, you know, whatever, playing in public (laughs) (laughs) in ways that you don't need the constant, like support of the partner, right? Mm -hmm. Um, But also, you know, being happy with yourself mentally, spiritually, uh, you know, in your meditation, in your yoga, in your church, in your prayer, all of that, you know, then you find like an anchor within you, and that frees you from having to do this, you know, huge amount of, like, work, which is compromise, mm-hmm. just in order to be, you know, with with a man yeah. who you don't truly, you know, you don't truly love anymore. You know, you just think you need. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's that's a way to, like, liberate, um, liberate ourselves and liberate our relationships and bring them back to, like, the truth of it all, right? Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, and I think... Also being fixated on your partner having to give you what you want, I think builds such a wall. And then yeah, it, true, it actually true, doesn't true. allow you the can't connection. Get everything, to happen. right? Yeah. So there's also that aspect. You know, it's like we get, I mean, at least I can speak from my personal. You spoke about toxic masculinity, and I'm a woman. I identify as woman, but I feel like I have I am in the process of healing my toxic masculinity because deep in there, somehow I was conditioned to expect my partner, right. Maybe to perform or maybe to, you know, satisfy me as if it's some kind of duty. Right. And there's that sense of entitlement. So I own that. Right. (laughs) And, and in that finding that empowerment that you're speaking of, of like finding my own pleasure and taking ownership of my own body and, you know, my own sexuality and how to express that, um, and realizing that focusing on that so much didn't allow me to focus on love, you know, connection. So, yeah, I think for women, even for women, I think maybe, I don't know, oh, yeah, I can't We, speak we all have, like, but.
0: masculine and feminine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, for sure. Mm-hmm. And, and also, it's so prevalent in the culture, you know. I always say that, like, I... I, even as an artist but definitely as a woman like I don't know what the female gaze is because I feel that I only know this one way of seeing and like I objectify the female body you know even even if I don't want to I I do because that's how the culture has taught me to like find arousal or you know where to look for it mm-hmm. so you know it, th- yeah like we all have m- masculine and feminine in us you know none of us it sounds like they're toxic toxic and we're not <laughs> yeah and and part of the you know and 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 part of like this general uh you know healing you know the body and and like our our way is is to talk about it right mm-hmm. you know because as you talk about it the more you talk about it the more you kind of like uh, discover that this is very familiar you know and like, we're all like that. We're all in it. And we're all trying to come out of it. And no, no one is, like, you know, perfect or, you know, hor- right. holier than the rest, you know. <laughs> <Definitely>. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, don't judge is the first thing. Like, right. don't judge, you know. who? You know, we're all, like, flawed beings in need of mercy from each other, you know, right? First of all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so... <laughs> so um but yeah I do I do feel that like you know a minority minority community um has kind of like a heavier burden um and at the same time is more sexually you know uh, expressive <laughs> so um I think that a lot you know a, a lot of this messaging um should be coming out to them you know I'm constantly hoping for accessibility you know mm-hmm. like imagine if instead of like the kardashians <laughs> right. or imagine if the kardashians themselves you know instead of like talking about money and brands mm-hmm. and you know bullshit uh, clothing and makeup you know talked about this you know so like everyone out there um who they have access to would become much more comfortable with all the varieties of like sexual language you know, sexual mm-hmm. need, romantically mm-hmm. need, um, you know, maybe they would give out, like, these tests.
1: <laughs> yeah, right, yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. Tweet like, that later. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think that that's, like, the, the ultimate calling here is, yes, we're talking about it, but, like, just get it out to everybody because mm-hmm. that's how, you know, we shake things up, you know? Mm-hmm and like one of my one of my ultimate goals is speaking of like you know bringing down the patriarchy is To you know, end this custom of naming the children after the father, <laughs> ah. <laughs> which in gay marriage is even more fucking complicated. Like, I don't <laughs> even know. I, like, so
1: many of my friends have <laughs> hyphenated names, it's like incredible. yeah, yeah, but I I, yeah. and I, have, I also have friends who just invented their uh, changed like invented their own last name, yeah, names that's what they and, love, and changed it, yeah. you know, and just was like, okay, we're gonna this is our family name,
0: yeah, I love so, that, yeah, I, love I like that. that
1: idea too. Too. yeah, it's yeah, totally. an idea mm-hmm. yeah,
0: because you know our name is like our father's last name and their father's mm-hmm. last name yeah. and you know so it's kind of like perpetuating something icky, and it's great you know the same way that you name your child by their first name to just come up with the last name, and you know start over. And, yeah, I have a friend who only has one name. Yeah. She was <laughs>
1: like a like a Madonna yeah. kind of thing, like yeah, love yeah. <laughs> just yeah. like her parents were like, "Nah, you just one name's fine," you know. <laughs> it's so, yeah, it's so cool. <laughs> so, you know, it's one of those things that, like, you know, you you have we have the ability to like, yeah, do the things we want. We don't always have to follow the rules, right. you know. Yeah. Um, and that is a way to like, you know, take down the patriarchy is just yeah. to say like, hey. We, one name is enough, or you know, right? We're, we're gonna make up this name, or we're yeah. gonna make up, we're gonna yeah. do things And our it's own so way. simple
0: and it's so cheap. You just go in front of the judge, you pay a few hundred dollars. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I feel like names, you know, this is the mm. thing about like speaking sex, you know, and renaming things or coming mm-hmm. up with names for things, you know, which like kink does a lot. Right. But like, you know, names are codes that like, Alchemical codes, and if they're used long enough, they are so heavy. You know, like the word mother, the word father, the word you know, the word sin. You know, the word unacceptable. The the word slut. The word. I mean, they are so heavy. You know, I. I always bring as an example for myself I was born on the island of Lesbos Mm. so I'm a born lesbian right (laughs) but 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 the thing is you know when I was a child so I don't know if I mean I don't even know you know how many people understand this but um, the the ancient poet Sappho, Mm -hmm. 600 years before Christ wrote amazing poetry Mm -hmm. and she was born on the island of Lesbos lived there her whole life right so Back in the day, before patriarchy was so in charge, they didn't have last names, but and they used... For people who kind of stood out, you know, so most people just had their first name in the community, right? But people who, like, stood stood out, so she became super famous because her poetry was so uh, loved. Um, the last name would be the toponym, where you come from. Mm-hmm. So they would be, like, you know, Solon of Athens, or, you know, so etc., Um, So she was Sappho of Lesbos, right? Mm -hmm. Sappho of Lesbos, Sappho the lesbian Mm -hmm. poet, a, a way to recognize her outside her island and as i said she was the first maybe last famous greek writer woman <laughs> mm-hmm. i mean who there like want to be famous like that after what happened to her so mm. you know the patriarchy and then later the greek church basically demonized the poems because they spoke about the female body and female beauty and you know and made up the story that she was a lesbian in the sense of a a lover of women, a homosexual, whether or not she was is completely irrelevant because at that time, homosexuality was like super accepted in ancient Greece and, and was not a separate practice. Right. right? So like the way, you know, now like you're either queer or you're not, but you're not so often bisexual. Right. Mm -hmm. So in ancient Greece, it just was not, yeah, it was pre-Christian of course And, you know, most men would go through a a homosexual youth and, uh, you know, bondage, which actually helped them also when they would go to war or whatever. And most women would, again, in puberty, when they socialized with each other mostly, and didn't exchange, you know, didn't really meet the other gender, um, go through the learning curve homosexually. And then, you you know, you would get married, um, you know, the great like romantic thing that we have now wasn't so prevalent then. So, you know, matchmaking and stuff happened also. Uh, some people married for love, but, but my point is that usually their first sexual experience was homosexual. Mm. Um, so whether or not she slept with women, yeah she had a husband. she had a daughter. you know she was uh, exiled for her political views by a tyrant. She got, came back like she had a whole other you know heteronormative existence as well um, but it was about the writing and how Fakim Popular, the writing became and how mm. back then everyone recited her verses and they were very open and intimate and, you know, free. And women didn't even get educated. They weren't even allowed to act in the theater. You know, they didn't vote. They didn't own property. And there is this woman with this fucking amazing talent. And, it, you know, and as patriarchy got more and more strident and strict, it revisited, you know, Sappho's work mm. and changed The story, right? So by the time Christianity came, uh, like 700 years later, Christ, you know, Mm -hmm. was born, but by the time Christianity became a religion, all of her work was banned. So now we only have like little excerpts. We have one poem that was copied by a Roman like classics editor in a notebook that, you know, somehow survived. One poem in its entirety out of like nine volumes of poetry that they had in the libraries back then. Mm. Um And in the process of vilifying her, which came slowly, right? She became a pervert. She became, you know, know, uh, like she seduced girls. It wasn't just a homosexual, but like, Mm. you know, a a sexual freak, right? So when I was born, I was ashamed to tell anyone I was a lesbian, you know, because I'm a kid (laughs) and we left lesbos and went to Athens. So I went to uh, elementary kindergarten in Athens and did the rest of my schooling there. And, like, I didn't tell it because mm-hmm. I thought, oh, you know, no one will speak to me. I'll say I'm a lesbian and I'll be like, eek, gross, right? <laughs> so imagine, like, the power of a word. That's what I'm saying, like, words are codes. Mm-hmm. They have so much shit in them mm-hmm. because, you know, the way they've been used and the way we've taken them on, right, comes with all of that patriarchal judgment and morality, so making new words is amazing and beautiful and won- wonderful, you know, and then kind of like understanding words before we say them mm-hmm. yes. matters because right. that 's how we change our everything you know, and how we teach our children matters, so we don 't repeat thoughtlessly. You know, what we were given by our parents or grandparents, you know, but but we actually consciously, you know, choose how to speak to them about sex and and what words, what do you tell them about the words that are, are used out there, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, take the time to say, okay, this is what you're going to hear. This is what, I, you know, I believe it means. This is where it comes from, you know? This is why I don't use it. I don't choose to call, you know, us. I don't use the word normal mm-hmm. that way, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think of uh, monogamy, Mm-hmm. The same way, you know. This is what I mean by monogamish, <laughs> right, right. <laughs> right? And that's what I stand for, mm-hmm. right? So I think that's like how we—that's the game changer.
2: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like, and and it—I think it's also part of the process of that deconditioning, right? Because the more you say the word, or more, the more you replace that word with a different word. Then you are doing that work on yourself, and it's spreading to those around you as well because they can hear you. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Whether they really understand why you're doing it or not, they are being affected by it. So it all comes down to your own work, I think. My, you know, being really conscious of what I'm saying and choosing to change the things that I'm aware of that are not in alignment. With whatever I want to be in alignment with, <laughs>
0: um, but yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. sweet. Thank you. Okay, well, I'm thinking. I think that uh, um, we're at a good closing place. Thank you very much for coming. Speak sex, everyone. If I could make love incessant. I would be gone.